Psalm 50, a psalm of Asaph. The mighty one, God, Yahweh, speaks and calls the earth from sunrise to sunset. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines out. Our God comes and does not keep silent. A fire devours before him. It is very stormy around him. He calls to the heavens above, to the earth, that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God himself is a judge. Selah. Hear, my people, and I will speak. Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I don't rebuke you for your sacrifices. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I have no need for a bull from your stall, nor male goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine, and the livestock on a thousand hills. I know all the birds on the mountains. The wild animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. For the world is mine, and all that is in it. Will I eat the meat of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Pay your vows to the Most High. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honour me. But to the wicked, God says, What right do you have to declare my statutes, that you have taken my covenant on your lips, since you hate instruction, and throw my words behind you? When you saw a thief, you consented with him, and have participated with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil, your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your mother's son. You have done these things and I kept silent. You thought that I was just like you. I will rebuke you and accuse you in front of your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you into pieces and there be no one to deliver. Whoever offers the sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me and prepares his way so that I will show God's salvation to him. All right, it's a psalm of judgment. Now, this is actually a psalm of Asaph, and we, this is the 50th psalm. We started at Psalm 1, and we're up to chapter 50 out of 150. So congratulations, we're one-third through. But this is the first time we have a psalm of Asaph. There are only 12 psalms of Asaph in out of 150, and this one is all stranded on his own in Psalm 50, and the rest of them are in Psalms 72 through to 82. So the other 11 are all in a bunch, but this one, for some reason, is out of order. So whoever put all the Psalms together, they put them in an order, and they did more or less put all the Psalms of David in a bunch and all the Psalms of Korah in a bunch and the Psalms of Asaph in a bunch, more or less, but this one Psalm of Asaph is out of order, and I have no idea why. <laughs> And um, someone suggested that, that the Psalms from uh, 49, 50, 51, they, there is like a theme. So, and it may be that that's what's going on, that there's kind of a theme of teaching and instruction. This Psalm is a Psalm of judgment. It, and it starts out by saying that God calls his people that he may judge them. Now, we're often familiar with the idea of there being a final judgment in the Bible when Jesus comes back again. We, th we think of this final judgment as like 
God deciding if you're good or bad, you're either in heaven or you're in hell, you know, you're in or you're out. You're, you're with him or you're not. We think of a kind of a black and white, yes or no type of a judgment. But this one says that he's going to judge his people. And there's a judgment like that in the New Testament too. It's in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says that, that everything you do as a believer will be tested by fire. In other words, the life that you live will be tested or will be examined to see whether there was any fruit for Christ. And so that's another judgment. There's multiple different judgments. So one is, yeah, you're either in or out. But another is, if you're in, what type of a life did you live? Was it fruitful for Christ? If so, you'll be rewarded. If not, you won't get a reward or there won't be much of one. You might be in heaven by the skin of your teeth and you'll no doubt be glad you are, but not much to show for it. This one says that God was going to judge his people. Now, the Old Testament nation of Israel, which was his people when this was written, they weren't all uh, Christians, so to speak. So the nation was his nation, but they weren't all following him. We know that because many times the Lord was so angry with them that they wouldn't follow him. And so for the first X number of verses up to around about verse, um, oh, where is it, 10 or 11 or something, he was speaking to the ones that he did love, the ones that were his, like they're all his, but the ones that were saved, so to speak. And he tells them that he doesn't need their sacrifices of animals, but what he wants is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. But then to the others, he judges them. Now I'm going to just comment on a few verses. Verse 5, he says, Gather my saints together, those who have made covenant with me by sacrifice. In the Catholic way of thinking, a saint is a very special person, like a Christian or someone that's lived an exemplary life, and they're so holy and special, they kind of like get elevated to their own level. You know, not as high as Jesus, but not as low as us in the middle, and they call those people the saints. That's not really a biblical thing. That's a Catholic thing. But here it says, gather my saints together to me, and it's talking about all of God's people who, it said, defines them. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. They are the saints. Or it might be translated as they are the holy ones. So if you're someone that's made a covenant with God, now technically you don't make the covenant. God makes the covenant, but you agree and you enter into the covenant. And that's when you're born again and then you follow the Lord into the waters of baptism, that's your salvation and then you're agreeing to it. Um, you know, you're not saved because you're baptized, but your baptism is kind of like your public agreement with it. And so you're in covenant with God, so you're a saint. Not like the Catholic way of thinking, but you're a saint in the biblical way of thinking. And so these are the people that he's talking about here. And he says, I don't need animal sacrifices. He says, because every animal in the whole world is mine. It's true. If you, if you um, give to God some grandiose gift, it's nice that you've done that, but God actually doesn't need it. Now, it may be that you need to give it, <laughs> and maybe God does ask you to give grandiose gifts sometimes, as long as it's not showing off at other people and how spiritual you are, because that's a waste. But the Lord calls us to obedience like that, but it's not because he needs it. It may be because we need to give it. But God himself is completely self-sufficient. He doesn't need any of those things. 
But what he says in verse 14 is, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So there's a type of sacrifice that God actually wants. So it's not that God doesn't want our obedience. So if, if, we're, if he's calling us to give, say, a big financial gift, he wants our obedience. It's not that he actually needs the money. Maybe the church you are part of needs the money. And so he knows that and he wants you to be blessed by giving and them to be blessed by receiving, but he himself personally doesn't need it. But he says very specifically to offer a, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now you might say, oh, that's easy. I've just got to say thank you to the Lord for a few things. But I have to say that's not a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something you have to give up when it's hard to give up. And if you're feeling grateful and you're feeling thankful, and if you sit down and start thinking of all the things that are going well in your life and you say thank you for them, it's actually not a sacrifice because it's easy to do that because you're feeling thankful. No, a sacrifice of thanksgiving is being thankful for things that you're not feeling thankful for. <laughs> and um, that's the actual sacrifice. And uh, I remember when we were children um, and I was going to the same church we're in now but not the same building we were over in our high street premises back then and I remember about being 10 years old and being in church one Sunday morning and Mrs Hill was the worship leader and she said at the start of this song now I want all of you to give to God a sacrifice of praise in other words what she, what she was telling us was I want you to praise the Lord in this next song with all your heart well, I was just a little kid, bored out of my brains in church, didn't want to be there. I couldn't wait for the service to be over because it was not interesting at all at the time. And I remember thinking, oh, I've got to make an effort to sing this song with the best attitude I possibly can, and that's like a sacrifice to God of praise. So you get the idea. Something you make an effort to do, you may not feel like doing, you may not be in the mood for it, your attitude may not actually be that, that's the sacrifice. This psalm is saying, God, we, we do still give God sacrifices, financial and otherwise. We give our tithes and we give offerings. We still do that. But what God's asking for is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Saying thank you for things you may not feel thankful for. And, um, and then it says in verse 23, whoever offers the sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me. So... Um, in the New Testament, Paul says that we should give thanks in all circumstances <laughs> and um, rejoice in the Lord always is another, is another one. And um, there was a time when Paul was in jail and there was an earthquake, all sorts of terrible things had happened and Paul was praising the Lord. That's the type of thing. That's a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So right now in your life, there are things that are not going the way you want. Now's the time to give to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and that type of thing honours him. Now, this is a judgment psalm, and I said to you that, that it's for those who love him, for God's people. It says right here at the end that whoever offers the sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me and prepares his way so that I will show God's salvation to him. So if you get your attitudes right, the Lord will, will show you salvation. In other words, in other words, this is talking to people who are already saved. But in other words, God will show you something of his glory. There'll be grace at work for you because you've decided to put God first regardless of how you feel. <laughs> so it's a great, great psalm. It's an encouragement. It's a promise, but it's also a judgment psalm. Lord, I thank you for this psalm, Psalm 50. 
Let the grace of the Lord be at work through my words to each of us today. May we learn in Jesus' name. Amen.